finish up talking about that today. Uh, and it starts with this question. How many of you have ever run completely out of gas? Uh, and this is in your car. We'll talk about physically, emotionally in a second. If, if, who's running your car completely out, Jeff? Nice. Who's been like super close, like on fumes and? All right. I have done both. Uh, and here's one of the times that I almost was like super close. So a few years ago, uh, Ashley and I were on a weekend away, which, you know, as parents, like when you have like a weekend away, it's like, oh. We had people watching our kids, and we just got a chance to relax for a weekend. It was wonderful. We were up in Saratoga. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and we got a call while we were in Saratoga that some of our best friends had gone into early labor. And so uh, it was not like super scary, but it was like a little bit risky, and we just, want, we just wanted to be there. We wanted to be there for our friends. And so we decided at 11 o'clock at night, let's jump in our van and let's drive down from Saratoga. And uh, we just didn't even look at the gas gauge at all. And uh, in our van, we have the little calculator where it'll let you know exactly how many miles you have left until empty. And so we didn't look at that at all. We were about 10 miles from the exit until I first like noticed that there was a light on my dashboard that was like, you're about to run out. I looked at the needle, the needle was like, like all the way down. And I looked at the how many miles you have left and it said four and we were 10 miles away. And so we're like going down the north way and hoping it hit zero. We went over the bridge. I knew we were about a mile from a stewards and we literally just kind of like absolutely coasted in and we barely, barely made it. But in that moment, like the tension, the, the friction between Ashley and I, of, it, it, was, it was like both of our faults, you know, how that goes in marriage. And it, there's so much energy in that moment that was just not good. And here's why I bring that up. Because running your car out of gas or almost out of gas is not an enjoyable experience. But a dramatically worse experience is if you run yourself out of gas. If you run yourself emotionally to the point of empty. If you run yourself spiritually to the point of empty if you run yourself to the point of being just relationally empty. And some of you have experienced that before, where you've just got, you've given everything you have and you're just, there's nothing left. Uh, you've called it burnout. Uh, you've called it just kind of a breakdown. Uh, what stats would show is that actually many of us have gotten to that point or close to that point uh, over the course of the pandemic, over the last uh, two and a half years. And maybe some of you are like right now feel like you're either at or in that moment. And so for the last few weeks now, almost two months, we've been talking about this spiritual practice of the Sabbath. It's a weekly practice where you intentionally take a day off for rest, for fun, for feasting, and for worship. And one of the reasons why we talk about the idea of the Sabbath is that it has the ability to make sure that we are constantly being refueled, to make sure that we have enough that we can keep going. And that's a good thing about the Sabbath. But what I want to talk about today as we close is that not hitting burnout, not hitting like that like level of empty, that's a good thing. That, that's a good goal. But God's goal with the Sabbath is actually much bigger than that. Uh, God doesn't want us to not just burn out. God wants us to live lives that are thriving. God wants us to live lives that are flourishing. Uh, and what it's so easy for a lot of us to figure out, and we can put Sabbath into this camp, is we can figure out a way where we, 
we're not like hitting rock bottom, but we're just like, we're just like managing our lives. Like we, we figured out some like coping mechanisms. Uh, we figured out some ways it's like, all right, this isn't like super great, but like if I, if I just drink like enough coffee, I can kind of make it work. You know, I, I got to take a few of these at night or drink some of this before I go to bed at night and I can get to bed. But it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I just I just drive a little bit faster. You know, we're just going to do a little bit more fast food this week. Uh, I'm just going to do a few emails at work. Uh, I'm just going to do a, a few more emails after I get home at night. I'm just, just going to squeeze a little bit more in. Uh, or sometimes what people will do is they just like go, 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 go until they just until they crash. And that's like their method. They, they just work, 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 work. And then eventually they just like finally hit a weekend or a day and they just can't do anything anymore. Uh, I was a part of a panel this past week uh, with different nonprofit leaders. And one of the nonprofit leaders, they were asking us about work-life balance. And one of them, super honestly, she's like, that's, that's, how I, that's how I run. I just go until literally my staff is saying, you need to go home. You need to get some sleep. Like you are like absolutely on empty. And what some of us know is that if we go all the way to that point of just crashing, it might not just be that we like fall on our couch and we, you know, just watch a bunch of Netflix and drink too much. And like, th that could be like best case scenario. For some of us, once we get to that point of crashing, it might be too late, too late for ourselves, too late for our families, too late for most of the rest of what we're trying to do in life. And then for many of us, one of the things that kind of shows when we're trying to just manage through life is just we have that feeling that we're not doing anything well. Like we always like my involvement in church, like my, my, my friendships, my marriage, my parenting, like my work, like I'm just kind of like doing all of it like halfway or like I, I'm, just, I'm just not, I don't feel like there's anything right now where I'm really just like taking charge of my life. And that's not good. Uh, what it reminds me of uh, when I was in high school, I got a chance a couple different times with my dad to go down to Haiti. And uh, one of the times we were down in Haiti, my dad was teaching courses all day long. And I was uh, uh, with some friends of mine that lived in Haiti. And we decided that we were going to take a boat from the main island of Haiti over to the island of Tortuga, made famous by Pirates of the Caribbean, which is fun. And uh, on the boat, uh, it was this old wooden sailboat of sorts. They had four Haitians that their job on the boat was to bail water from the boat the entire time because the boat was sucking in so much water. They're like, they like constantly working like as hard as they can. And you had this idea. It's like, this is working, but I don't know like how sustainable this is. Uh, and I especially don't know if we decided that we were going to go on a longer voyage, like a life voyage. I don't know if this would be sustainable. And some of us, that's how we're living our lives, is in this unsustainable, just keep, if I just keep bucking enough water, somehow maybe I can make it work, but we just have this feeling like, this is working maybe a little bit in this season, maybe I can make this work for a day, a week, but I don't know if this is going to be worth it for the long term. And what God wants to offer us is something way different and way better. On your programs, uh, there's a scripture that's our main scripture for today. And we're going to read it a couple different times. And this is as God is welcoming you to the habit of Sabbath. This is what God is promising. This is the first in the NIV version. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is the same verse, but in a different uh, translation of the Bible. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Uh, two things I want to talk about that for us to embrace that kind of life. The first thing is I read that it shows that Jesus is talking about a way. Jesus is talking about, I want you to follow me. And so for us to ever have a hope of going the Jesus way, of following him in this new direction, then we need to first admit that the way in which we're currently going might not be working. We need to be honest enough to say the systems that I have in place in my life, the schedule that I have in uh, place, uh, the way in which I'm handling work-life balance, the way in which I'm handling my inner self, the way in which I'm sleeping, working out, all that kind of stuff, it might not be sustainable in the long terms. Uh, and we've talked about this over the last couple weeks. You can go back and review exactly what all we've talked about. But here's a couple signs to me, in case you're not completely uh, sure, of whether you might be like close to that red line or whether you, if you're not sure whether you're heading in the wrong direction or not, here's some signs that you might be heading in the wrong direction. Uh, one, as we've talked a handful of times over the last few weeks, uh, there was that Harvard study about busyness. Uh, and what they found is that busyness has become a status symbol for people. And so one of the most frequent responses people give, if you say, hey, how you doing? Like, what's going on in life? Like, what do you have going on this summer? These people respond, busy. I just, I'm busy, you know? What do you got going on this summer? I'm busy. So here's what I want you to do, is pay attention to your thoughts and, your, and what your words over the next few weeks, months, maybe some of you have already been doing this. And if that's a common response that you are giving, if the common response to how are you doing, how are you feeling, what's going on in life is busy. I mean, if, if it's like a day that's busy, if it's even like a week, maybe, but it's just the common, that's who you are, like that's my identity, that's the first emotion that always comes to my mind is I am so busy. That's a yellow flag. That might be a red flag that you are in fact too busy and that the pattern in which you're living your life is not leading you to good results and you might have to change and adjust. Uh, the second uh, warning sign, another word, is the word just. And maybe you have a different word, but that's the one that always comes up for me, is that we all have our different priorities. And I like to think that like the most important thing in my life is my kids, is my wife, is my relationship with God, is my friends. But a lot of times, I end up using the just word with them all the time. Um, my son will ask, hey, can we go downstairs and play dinosaurs? Oh, I, I will, buddy. I just have to finish this email first. Uh, my daughter will say, hey, you know, can, we, can we go upstairs and we got to read a book? I, I will, honey. But I just have to finish this project I'm working on in the house real quick. Uh, Ashley will say, hey, when are we going to plan our next date night? Oh, we're going to do a date night. I, I just have to get through these like couple weeks of work. And then like once we get through that, then we're going to do it. Hey, when are we going to start doing the Sabbath thing? Oh, we're going to do the Sabbath. Don't you? But just, I just have to do this first. And if you find yourself always putting something else in front of what you know you need to do or who you need to be spending time with, that's a yellow flag. It's a red flag. Because what happens to me, and I'm sure what happens to you, is that just just keeps 
on moving and where we feel like, oh, later on today, later on this week, later on this summer, there I'm going to have lots of margin and time. Uh-uh. Unless you take a decision and say, the way in which I'm going is not working. I need to go a new way. Uh, and then the last way, if you might be going in the wrong direction, is your relationships stink. <laughs> uh, we talk about the idea that we want to grow in better loving Jesus, each other, and the world. And those are all relationships. And relationships always take time. It is impossible to microwave a good friendship. It's impossible to microwave a good relationship with your kids. It's impossible to microwave a good marriage. It's impossible to microwave a good relationship with God. It just takes chunks of unhurried time. And so if you happen to look around in your life and you're like, I, I don't have many good friends or the, the good friends I have, like when was the last time you were really with them? When was the last time you really had a discussion with them? Uh, what's my relationship with God feel like? And when we prayed earlier, did that feel like the first time I was talking to him in a while? Or did I feel like I had this like robust relationship? When you think about your church family, if you want deep relationships, they take time. And so if you look around and the relationships that you have are thin and shallow or even non-existent, we love you. That's a sign that you might be heading in your schedule and your finances and the way in which you are living your life is not going in the right direction and you need a new direction. Uh, so secondly, what is that new direction? Uh, let me read it again. What is this telling us that the key to that new direction is? Uh, first from the NIV again. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, what's the... What's the key, according to that passage, if you want to find rest, if you want to find a new way of life, what's the key? Somebody shout it out. Bree, you get extra credit. That, that, that's why you graduated with honors and all that fancy stuff. Yeah, the key is Jesus. And I think that's a huge thing. Because, again, idea of, like, mental wellness and, like, work-life balance is, like, a pretty, like, in vogue thing right now. But what all of us know is that it's possible to, like, take on different healthy habits and still not really find rest. Like, I can, okay, I, I gotta start exercising. Let me add exercise to my schedule. And it's possible to exercise all the time and still not feel, feel, still feel pretty burnt out, still have shallow relationships, still be, you, know, you can start doing yoga, uh, you can start, you could get a day planner, uh, you can start taking regular vacations, and it's possible for you to get back from that vacation or have that day off, and it's like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Like, that was like still like, I, the thing that needs rest inside of me has not been met yet. And I'm, I'm all in. Like, all those habits are hugely helpful. But what this says is that the key, if you want to find real rest, is with Jesus alone. Uh, and so there's two ways in which we do that. Uh, the first way is that we just live in the presence of God. We live in the presence of Jesus. Uh, because one of the things that we believe is that, as a kid, I often like, I had this idea that, like, God, like, lived in the church building, and, like, so when you came to church, like, that's, like, that's where we're going to do our Jesus stuff, uh, or then later on in life, I would start doing kind of a, what they call a quiet time, so you would, like, wake up in the morning, and you would, like, read your Bible, and you would pray, and, like, that was my time with God, but then I would move on through the rest of the day, and it's, like, well, that's, like, the rest of my day. I'm at work. I'm doing all these other things, and so one of the things that I think we need to understand is that it's possible for you to walk 
through every portion of your life with Jesus. That Jesus can be in those moments. And that Jesus is just in those moments as he is in anywhere else. Uh, so a few, for instance, uh, Josh, what did you do yesterday? So God is with you and his complete presence with you, even when you have no idea what you did yesterday. That's good. Uh, Kevin, what did you do yesterday? You played at a wedding down by New York City. And so God is, was at that wedding in the middle of a band awesomeness just as much as he is right here in this parking lot. Uh, Chindi, what did you do yesterday? You what? You, you are moving. Yeah, God's not with you when you move. Okay, uh, just kidding. God was just as with you while I helped him move. So while you and I were carrying the couch, we, God was just as much in the middle of that hallway as he is right here. And so one of the things that we need to realize and kind of get in, the, in step with is this idea that we can go with every part with God. And so here's how that looks for me. Uh, I wake up uh, early each morning. You don't have to wake up early in the morning. You can figure out your own schedule, but this is what works for me. I wake up early in the morning before the rest of my family is awake, and I go down to the same spot on my couch. I have the coffee ready, which is amazing. And uh, I sit, and I do about 20 minutes or so of just time alone with God. Uh, there's a, a app that's on your card uh, as one of our summer practices called the Lectio 365. It's amazing. And I just take some time in quiet. I take some time in reflection, and I just spend time with Jesus because it's important for me to have that special time. But then I want to make sure I don't leave Jesus in that time because I think I did that for a lot of my life. And so then I'll usually go on a run after that. And so I, I started this practice a couple years ago where uh, I kind of picture that I'm going on a run with Jesus because I'm positive Jesus was a runner. And so uh, I picture that as I'm getting my sneakers on, Jesus is getting his sneakers on. As he's getting his shorts on, he's getting his shorts on. And then him and I just go on a run. And I, I'll, sometimes I'll talk and pray. Sometimes I'll talk and listen. Uh, sometimes I just kind of try to think about, you know, the, the house I'm going by, the business I'm going by, that God is in those places. And then just try to carry that on through the day. Uh, and then another thing I've done for the last couple of years, I got this from a small group that we were a part of. I have a timer on my phone. And so a couple times during the day, a timer will go off. And it's the only purpose for it is to remind me that whatever I'm doing in that moment, God is in that moment with me. And that God is there and that he is walking through my life with me. Uh, so that's the first one is just live in the presence of God. The second one then is to let the presence of God change how you live your life. Uh, as a kid, I grew up in a church, and so this idea was presented to us a lot, actually, of like God is with you everywhere you go, but it was often presented to us as like, oh, so when you go to the party on Friday night, Jesus is going to be there, and he's going to be walking around with his arms crossed, and no, 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 don't drink that, don't talk to her, you know, and, and there's a piece of that, but overall, I think if Jesus was regularly walking through and you acknowledged that he was in your life, then that would change how you have a lot of interactions, but it will often not be a lot of like, no, 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 for me a lot of times it would actually be a lot of like, hey, like, why in this moment are you so worried? Like, hey, this happened so many times, like my alarm will go off and I'll remember that it was like, and in that moment I'm just so stressed, and like I got all these things and like I, all these things that I gotta do and my to-do list and these things going on in the world. And it's like, oh, why are you so worried? Like, look around, I got this. 
I don't need you to take care of every little detail. Uh, sometimes my alarm will go off and my priority will be on my email, will be on this thing, and it's like, it will like, hey, what? your kids are outside right now. Like, you could be out making a memory with them. Uh, you, why don't you go to bed right now and to let the, how you live your life be influenced by the God that you are spending time with? Uh, so instead of talking about that more, I actually want to give us a chance to practice that, is I want to give us a chance to be in the presence of God. Thanks, Felix. God is with that guy. <laughs> to spend a few moments to be in the presence of God. And then we're going to do a few more activities as we go through the rest of the day and the Burger Bash. So if you have your program, uh, if you have a pen, <coughs> I want you to write these letters down somewhere. Uh, write the letters pr uh, pray, P-R-A-Y, pray. And we're going to give you, uh, Kevin, you're going to come on up. I want to give you a few moments to spend some time in the presence of God. Uh, and here's how we're going to do it. Uh, here's what those letters stand for. So the first uh, P, it stands for pause. And so we just want to take a moment uh, just to take a breath. Uh, as you have everything going on in the process of your week, uh, everything else that's so crazy, take a moment, look up at the trees, look at the clouds, uh, feel the hot sun on your skin, see how far you can listen, what else you hear, and just take a moment to pause and realize that God is in this place. And then after you've paused for a minute or so, I want you to spend some time, the R, reflecting. So I want you to read through those verses again from Matthew 10 in either the NIV or the message and just reflect. What word pops out to you? What phrase pops out to you? Is there anything that you feel like that that scripture is especially telling you to do or adjust in your life today? Uh, and then the A, ask. Uh, what is it that you wanna ask God for? Is there something that, that scripture brings to light that makes you realize something you need in your life that you haven't ever asked God for or you haven't asked in a while. And then the last one, uh, why, is yield, uh, which is the idea that I think that as you spend just these few minutes praying, God might bring something to your mind that he wants you to do or adjust. Uh, some way he wants you to stop, some way he wants you to turn, some way he wants to invite you into a new and better way to live. Uh, so spend some moments talking about that. So uh, Kevin's going to play for about five or six minutes. And so spend a couple minutes on each of those things, pausing, reflecting, asking, and yielding.
as we keep in this spirit, we're going to sing a song, and as we do that, we're going to...